Another edition of Pro and Dialogue. My name is Danny Servick, and in this week's episode, we uh, catch up with Brian Gates, assistant coach with the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, and you have a great visit and uh, and hear Brian's story of how a young boy from Anchorage, Alaska, who uh, goes from being a ball boy at the Great Alaska Shootout uh, to now in his eleventh season. Uh, as a coach in the NBA and just what that journey looked like, uh, and thoughts, um, and just some great stuff. We, we spent some, some, some really, uh, fun moments talking about Dennis Johnson. He and I both grew up Celtics fans and, and, and just hear about the years that he got to work for him in the, uh, in the D league. Um, get to spend a little time with Brian. Uh, I mean, he's, he's always been to me kind of a coach's coach really loves his craft is always looking better at, getting better at his craft, um, hear a little bit about what they're doing organizational-wise during the uh, the virus and how they're staying connected with their teams, uh, what he's doing to better himself as a coach, um, and just hear some, some, some really good things that have kind of guided him through his path uh, and I think are all applicable to you high school coaches with their teams, uh, college coaches, and, 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 and youth ones alike. So I hope this finds you well. I hope this gives you uh, a little bit of a break from the same old, same old of waking up at home uh, and just kind of being locked down uh, and have a little bit of escape uh, and, and get better and learn from it and hopefully entertained uh, as well. So grab your, uh, grab your beverage, get you a coffee, uh, your notepad, whatever you would like. Sit back and listen to the uh, the words of Coach Gates. I'm really excited to have this week the episode one of my uh guys who i've always been a big fan of and i would much rather be sitting down in the freezing cold of boise idaho at goldie's having a breakfast burrito <laughs> than talking in the quarantine but uh my good friend brian gates with the minnesota timberwolves bg how you doing sir good danny thanks for having me i uh i know we've been we've been trying to catch up uh for a couple months and it was always during road trips and scheduling and scouting and things and now it's kind of like uh are you having to play defense with the triplets in uh in in in, in our quarantine life right now it's a little bit easier uh to find time how how first of all how are you and the family everybody well everybody's good um you know i uh our our um you know give a little kudos our team doctor kind of felt this coming pretty quick um uh we were actually at home um played a game on a sunday and left on monday for a 12 day road trip went to houston and then we were actually supposed to go to oklahoma city and you know obviously when utah and oklahoma city were were playing and that was the first game to really show it then then we flew home and he asked the organization to give everybody 48 hours like just everybody stayed home for 48 hours and it was a Thursday, Friday. And, and we told them, okay, we actually sent our kids to school because school still had been um, postponed or however you, I don't, I don't like saying canceled yet because I don't think very much stuff's canceled in Minnesota, you know, especially mm-hmm. the NBA season. But, and so we stayed home for 48 hours and then by, I think Saturday afternoon, um, it really, in Minnesota, it really started rolling. They, you know, they postponed school and, and, uh, he actually told us that Sunday, he said, Hey, listen, wives, you know, players, wives shouldn't leave, leave town because the play, the team's going to come back. And by the time the 
road trip's over, everybody's going to be, you know, his language was locked down in their house. And I, you know, I was, I was like, Robbie, you can't scare people. You know, I was a little, I was like, what are you? and he was right. I mean, he was, we, we got off the plane and, um, I think it was May 14th or, or March 14th that, I mean, I haven't seen anybody since it's just, wow. it's just, it's different, but you know, from a, from a humor standpoint, I always joke with people, you know, this is the time right now that I encourage everybody to have all your kids at one time <laughs> because we, we, they're all in the same class and we have one <laughs> set of math and we have one set of English. And, oh, and we, I love know, that. It's, it's, I mean, we just, you know, they're all at the same table. We have one book. We just hit print three times uh, and we're ready to go. It's the most efficient, the efficient way to parent during a pandemic yeah. is just to have, yeah. you have multiples, um, multiples in one class. So yeah, that's amazing. What, what are some things kind of organizational wise, like I know you, say you haven't seen anybody, but just, I know, uh, I talked to a lot of high school coaches and, and college coaches and they talk about the challenges of staying connected to their players and kind of keeping that team, um, together. It's, obviously there's not facilities to kind of get into and work out, but are, what, are, what are things during this period that, that you guys are, are doing, uh, with that? Well, we, I mean, as, as, as most, you know, I don't know how many, most people know in, in the NBA, like your, your assistant coaches, you know, you have, I hate the term your guys because everybody kind of has your guys, but it's, it, it's easiest ways. You know, like I work out James Johnson and Jake Lehman mm -hmm. and I, I watch film with those guys. Well, now we just kind of carry it over. Like Jake and Jake and I have a couple projects going on, like pin down offense, like how he can help, you know, how he could be better at pin down off. So we've done DHOs, we've done closeouts, you know, just some different topics. So James Johnson finishing, you know, just trying to grab two or three subjects that, and then these are the things that we really, when, you know, when we come back together, we really got to, you know, focus on. And, uh, you know, with technology now, um, we can get on the computer together and they, you know, I, they can see my screen. Um, you know, we use Microsoft Teams and, it's, it's been great. And then we kind of, our team, we took it to a next step and we'll have like group meetings. Um, um, I had a, a video guy, a player development guy, and then three players. And we all got on a call and talked about some things and, and, you know, obviously making sure the human element's still in there where, where we, um, you know, Hey, how's everybody doing? But you know, it's it, some of this stuff. It, it's it's so different with with everything going on. We all love basketball so much, so it's a release. And so we have found that we want to talk basketball as much as we can. Mm -hmm. You know, it just because it just it gets our our mind off. You know that you know how close the walls are, and and so um, and 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 also not having a you know there's no <clears throat> there's I don't want to say there's no excuse me, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but we just don't know where we're, we're headed, you know, and, and they just asked us for five more days of a stay at home order. And so I don't, you know, we're just going to keep accepting, mm -hmm. you know, what, what the experts tell us. So we're just going to kind of create some stuff. Um, and then from a team standpoint, which has been great, you know, today at um, 11 o'clock, we have a, like a, professional it's from some gym that our strength and conditioning coach knows we're going to do a zoom call and we're going to do a core thing and it's the entire team nice you know players coaches front office and we've done a couple things like that we've uh carl anthony towns created a book club and so you know we get a zoom call for a book club and <laughs> you know that i mean just we're doing yeah. you know just doing different things that that um that we had we had um uh uh, our head coach has a relationship with Dabo Sweeney. So Dabo Sweeney got on a, um, we all got on a zoom call with, da, da, and, you know, able to, to answer some calls, but organically what happens is, okay, Hey, it's over, you know, Dabo gets off and then everybody clicks off, but there's seven people still on the call. Yeah. And that's from a trainer to Carl, to Gerson, to me, to, you know, our strength and conditioning coach to a PR person. And there are seven of us just like it would be seven of us just wandered in a hotel lobby together and we sat and talked. <laughs> and I think that's the stuff that kind of gets you going or gets you through a day by day basis.
No, I I agree. Uh, we I have a, a a kind of a core group of friends of 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 coaches and in some high school coaches and college coaches and whatever. And it's just kind of we started off with the first evening kind of Zoom, you know, Zoom happy hour, Zoom whatever call, and then it just right. kind of like you just miss seeing faces. And so then it becomes instead of like a once a couple times a week, it's almost like, Hey, who wants to hop on? Even if it's for 30 minutes, just to kind of, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I know that was a long answer. No, it's answer. a great answer. No question. It's just, it's, it's, you know, you, um, and another reason why I said that, you know, you are, we're taking it five more days or what the experts told us is like, we got to create something to get us through those five days. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's just things like, you know, it's just things like that, you know, as we do it in our professional lives and our, you know, our personal lives. My birthday was, was Wednesday. And, you know, one of my best friends on my, on, on the coaching staff, Kevin Hansen. I mean, I, I can get on a bike path and be in his house at his house in four minutes. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, I, I drove to his house and he sat up, you know, 30 feet away and I sat there and we hung out for 15 minutes for my birthday. I mean, it's, and it's just, that's how you do it now. Yeah. So, it's, it's whatever the new normal is, man, we're trying to figure it out. So one thing I want to dive into before we kind of hear about your journey in your path is talk a little bit about one, one of the great things that in, in kind of my 20 years of working at the pro level and just learning about how much work you guys do, but so many high school coaches and I think even young college coaches, they, the, the, the notion of, there's not that much coaching at the NBA, that it's just it's just the players. And where we both know that it's the total opposite. It's the most, you know, intricate. And as you talked about stuff you're doing even now, like just kind of uh, on, a, on a weekly basis when we're back in the norm of, of what that looks like as the amount of player development, amount of scouting, amount of detail into the scouting report, just so kind of some of the coaches at LISIS get an idea of kind of what your workload's like. Right. Well, I mean, uh, one of the reasons why I think it's, um, you know, the, the staffs and your workload gets, you know, it grows more every year, you know, is, is the amount of resources that we have is incredible. And, you know, just from scouting reports to, to more importantly, um, you know, the, the video part of it is, is huge. And, you know, the gyms, you know, the practice facilities, we don't, you know, we're not, when you just, when you have a gym anytime you want the and the players are, you know, there's so much competition for them at, at, at what they do, you know, that they, they want to improve their craft. And it's one of the reasons why they're in the NBA is their work ethic. Um, so it's, you know, the, the days of, you know, practices at 12 o'clock and, you know, you roll in at, you know, if, if, on a non-game day of practices at, you know, let's say 12 o'clock and we had landed the night before from Chicago and, you know, got home at 1.30 or 2 in the morning, which we worked on the the plane ride the entire way home, um, you know, we'll probably roll in there about 8 and, and um, clean up whatever we didn't have on the plane from a video standpoint, from a post-game report. You know, somebody's breaking it down offensively, defensively, timeouts. We're making edits for our players. Um, and then we'll have a meeting at 10 o'clock, or excuse me, 9 o'clock, to get over by 10 as the players start coming in. You know, they they kind of have their stations for a 12 o'clock practice almost starting at 10, 10 in the morning mm-hmm. where they're on the court, then they hit the weight room, and then they hit, um, you know, we try to catch as – catch you know the preventive injuries uh we do a great job at at it you know with again more resources with more data that you have with players um and then you know we're and each player has a different routine you know the the guys that might have played 35 minutes have a different routine than the guys that played 10 or or even didn't play Mm -hmm. um and then we'll you know at at 12 o'clock we'll come together as a team and probably watch some more tape or have a recap of the game and have our practice. And then, you know, got something always happens afterwards, you know, like there's a, you know, the, the players have a team awareness meeting or they have a group lift or, or, or something. Um, 
and then you know we kind of try to huddle up as quick as we can and get the reports out and the data out and everything we can for our next game um the next day and you know so you know your off day is you know usually is you're on about a five or six hours sleep get into the office and you know go from about eight to eight to four and then you get out of there and you rush home just to try to have a meal with your with your family you know because it's you know because of the 82 games and the road trips and the home games and all, all that kind of stuff it's you know you're home one or two nights a week maybe mm-hmm. and, and that's and that's the hard you know you know for me that's it's the hardest part but i mean that's just a typical you know non game day you know non game yeah. day in the middle of the season on a game day we'll usually shoot around um at you know the one team usually goes from 10 to 11 the other one from 11 to 12 and you'll have a meeting um probably at 90 minutes before your practice just to say you know your video you know what what's going to be our coverages what's our matchups who's available for both teams and just kind of get your recap and then you'll have your shoot around. And then again, same thing, you know, guys hang around, guys are going to do something and, um, and you get out of there probably about one or one thirty. you know, rush home and then players start hitting the arena at four o'clock for, for a game. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, then after the game, you're home watching the tape just to do it all again the next day. So, I, you know, people say that a lot, Danny, and, 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 and I understand it because there are, you know, you watch Houston and, and you see James in the middle of the floor and everybody else is spaced and not moving, but there, you know, there's a method to ma- that madness sure. that's pretty remarkable. And, um, I, I, that's, that's a big part of it. A big thing is with all the resources we have, um, it is remarkable. And um, I think I think that goes to ownership. That goes to management with their dedication of of giving everybody all the tools to be successful. Yeah, no, it is. It's one of the things that just from the years of working close with you guys when in in the former agent life, and then just with friends of coaches and in, in, in you know traveling to cities with just seeing what goes in you know behind the scenes. And so it's just it's so. Um, it's one of those things that I, 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 I hope kind of even from this in with like high school coaches that appreciate that, 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 oh, they don't do anything. And it's like, you have absolutely no idea what, what these guys do. Um, and do it. So that's a great segue for, for me. Cause I, I want to make sure we, we have time during this, um, for you to kind of, you know, what w- typically the path is we're not talking about COVID-19 and quarantine and it's more we dive right into kind of everybody's journey and their path to the sport and yours is just such a a unique one uh to me and obviously we became friends when you were coaching in the D-League um first met when you're awesome but just kind of roll it all the way back as a kid from Anchorage Alaska and you know times of of, I'm sure you spent some time at the Great Alaskan Shootout just talk a little bit about that and then kind of how you climbed the ladder through the sport and um, all the, the remarkable, unique stops that you had and to, to then to now being an 11-year NBA coach? Um, well, yeah, it, it actually started. The, the Great Alaska Shootout was, was, a, was a big part for, for me. And, you know, back then, back then it, you know, it was, it was that and the Maui Invitational. I mean, that, that was, those were your two, you know, preseason tournament, college tournaments. And one of my first years of, um, I actually was a ball boy was, was the Syracuse Sherman Douglas, Derek Coleman, Billy Owens, Ronnie cycling team, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, um, I mean, Matt Rowe, Matt Rowe was the, was the fifth starter. Yeah, what a team. I, I was in, Oh, I was like, this guy's the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. Well, you know, going back at it now is yeah, he was the best shooter, but man, did he get a whole bunch of open looks because <laughs> of the other great players that were on there. And um, so the, it's it's funny i i'll try to kind of fast forward a little bit but so my 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 dad's best friend um i've always called him my uncle oz was a big sports nut and i've always been a big sports nut and he didn't didn't have any kids and my, my son is actually named after him but my uncle oz took me to all this stuff especially being in alaska he would take me to the shootout and you know, I would, I would go see him Sunday mornings and we'd watch football together because my dad had to work and, 
you know, just he was that was my uncle Oz was, you know, that uncle that everybody has, the fun uncle. And, you know, fast forward. Oh, I don't I don't know. 20 years is um, back when colleges used to be able to to pay teams to come in and play them, you know, global sport. You know, mm-hmm. Maury Hanks had that global sports. Um, you know, I think the pumps had a team and, you know, EA sports and all these different teams that would go around and play um teams colleges at the beginning of the year i coached one well my uncle was living in in reno and we played reno and i was like come on uncle oz you can you can come sit with me so he's he sat on the on the bench with a clipboard just kind of hanging out just because i was the only coach <laughs> and he was there this is like maybe two, year 2000 2001 maybe somewhere in there and um uh, actually mark fox was the head coach at the time at, oh, at wow. nevada reno and uh, I start kind of getting into it with the official a little bit. And he was like, B-boy, B-boy, man, don't be getting thrown out of this thing. I don't know if I, if I, <laughs> if I know what I'm supposed to do. So that was my Uncle Oz. And he really got me into, into basketball. And then, and then um, actually in seventh grade, you know, everybody has to do that project. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And in seventh grade, I actually, and my, my mom still had it. Um, I put in there that I wanted to be an NBA coach. Oh, wow. um, when I was in seventh grade. So kind of my freshman year um, in high school, I, I played freshman uh, junior varsity and, and my freshman coach, I became really close to um, played through high school, my senior year, you know, on varsity. And then I started becoming the uh, assistant coach for the freshman team. He allowed me to do it. That's cool. And that's kind of really where I, you know, I kind of knew I always wanted to do it. Um, you know, and then college, I, I walked on at Boise State and it didn't work out. And then, you know, a CBA team came uh, into Boise, Idaho, I think in 1997. And I just walked in and said, hey, listen, this is what I want to do. And they allowed me to be there. And I, I was I was in the CBA for five or six years. And and, and what, what helped me with with all of that was. Um, I would also do the USBL and, you know, for, for people that, that know the history of minor league sports, the CBA slash D league would go on during the winter and the USBL would, would, would start right at the end. Mm-hmm. And then the tournament was always the first weekend before 4th of July, you'd play 30 games and roughly, I think like 73 days or something that was in there. And, um, and I be, um, I went there to be an assistant coach, and the the owner and the head coach got into it, and the guy resigned the night before opening night, <laughs> and I became the head coach of at 27 years old of the Oklahoma Storm, and so I could be an assistant coach um, in one spot, and I could be a head coach after. So you know, I'd get 90 games in a season um, at a at a young age, and. And that really, Danny, that really helped me from a coaching standpoint, um, because, you know, every time I was a head coach and then I go back to being an assistant coach, it made me a better assistant coach yeah. because people don't, people don't understand the, the, the things that, that happen to you on a, as a head coach, you know, there, you're, you're never in the car by yourself because there's five phone calls you have to return mm-hmm. and, you come to a table and, and it's even, you know, it's even high school coaches, you know, when they meet with their staff, they'll, you'll throw a, you'll throw a question on the table and you don't do it on purpose, but guys will give you an answer and you know, it won't work because you haven't given them all the information. It's like, you know, Seth has a D and his parents aren't going to let him play well, Hey, who do you want to start at point? Well, we're starting Seth. Well, we can't start Seth. We got to start him. Well, how much can Seth play? And so this goes back and forth. And that goes from the high school level mm-hmm. all the way to the NBA level, you know, guys coming back they're on minute. You now you read about minute restrictions. Yeah. You know, well, Hey, Carl's back tonight. Great. He's going to start that. Well, he can't, we, we need to save minutes for him at the end of the game. And so that's a big part of it. And, and, you know, coaching basketball, from a head coach's position is the easiest part of the job. It really is. It's all the other intangibles that, you know, that go with it. What time the bus leave, you know, just 
is there food available after the, you know, after the game. So um, long story, that helped me out a lot. And, and so I did that for about five or six years. I would, I would be an assistant with the Idaho Stampede. And then I would go to the USBL. Um, I did a little, there's a little league. I think it's called, it was called the XBL. It was called the CB, CBA, CBL, excuse me, is a Carolina basketball league. There was just a few teams in the South that, that I coached for a year in Hickory, North Carolina. Um, and then I, I always wanted the Idaho stampede job. I mean, that was, that was always the, the job I was looking for. Um, and then take a pause and I actually coached in Bay. I think you knew this. Yeah, I, I did. That's why I, we I wasn't going to let you skip that. Yeah. Everybody has yeah. one of those just unique spots. So your time in Lebanon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, the, the agent, Brian Elfis is, 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 has always been a good friend of mine. I met him way, you know, at the old long beach summer league. Yeah. Um, I met Brian Elfis and Nick nurse the same day, you know, just kind of, we were all hanging out at, at, at the long beach summer league. And so then I, um, I went to, I, you know, my, I think I was 31 and, and got a job in Beirut, Lebanon. And, and that was, it was really good for me because it was like, I could, I could really go see if I could coach, mm-hmm. um, as you know, in minor leagues back then, it was a lot of it had to do with how good of a recruiter you were you know, how hard you work the phones with the agents and trying to get that you could still build your own team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then, and, and, and I, and I was always pretty good at that. Um, and, and which, which helped me, but going to Beirut, I could really test, you know, how good of a coach I was. Um, cause the team was already set. They'd been together for two or three years and they had a Lebanese coach and, and thought that, um, that they wanted to, to try to American and, and see if they could go. And we had, we had a great year. I mean, it was, uh, we were really young, um, got up and down, a, a kid named by the name of Danny Johnson. I think he played at a college of Charleston, mm-hmm. uh, was one of American Americans. And then, uh, Mark Strickland, uh, played in the NBA for the Miami heat for a while, went to temple, uh, was the other American. And it was great. I mean, it was, it was, um, a terrific experience. Um, I was young and single, so it just worked out. Yeah. Um, and then came back and, and, um, that's actually when I went to, uh, when I came back, I went to Austin. Yeah. I think that's when um, we first crossed paths and met with Derek Derek Zimmerman. Yeah. And, um, well, tell me, what was uh, it like? Like, cause just growing up as a, uh, just a massive Celtics fan uh, and obviously he's on for, but just getting to work with Dennis Johnson, those like, what just being a guy that, like, especially you talked about growing up, knowing you wanted to coach, wanted to coach at the NBA level, and here you are, you've done this, and you, you've you've had these great experiences, and all of a sudden here you are sitting alongside co-chair with with Dennis Johnson. What was just kind of like that as a as a kind of a young kid still, but then just as from learning the sport. Yeah, and, and likewise, I was a huge Celtics fan. I mean, my my license plate in high school was L Bird, <laughs> so I was I was I, I was I mean that was those are, those are my favorite guys. And, and, um, yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable deal. As, as you know, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. He was, he was the general manager of the Timberwolves too. He owned all four teams, uh, David Kahn. Yes. So David Kahn had four teams and, and, uh, kind of the word on the street was he was going to hire all eight coaches four head coaches four assistant coaches. And so um, I reached out to him just to see if I could get an interview for one of the head coaching jobs. Probably knowing I wasn't, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't going to do that yet. Um, and, uh, then he just said, Hey, listen, I have a spot for you. Um, maybe in Austin. And I was like, with Dennis Johnson, he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> and then had to go through the whole, whole whole rounds of it knowing that man i'm you know i'm freaking talking to dennis johnson right and i've never learned more about the underlining of coaching um from him just the just the the persona of being such a great player and learning you know one little example is he always sat there and would come out during warm-ups you know and as, mm-hmm. as assistant coaches we always always warm guys up and I met him a couple times with, when he was with the Clippers as an assistant, and he was always out there, like he was always out for warmups. And he told me that he would stretch 
at half court when he was a player. He just sat sit there and stretched. And even as as he got older, he still stretched all the time because it was a habit. Well, wrapping it all up, what he would do is he would sit there at half court and stretch, and he was such of a neat guy. Everybody would talk to him. Well, everybody would come and tell him all everything that was going on with the other team. So he knew once you <laughs> threw the ball game up, who was ticked off at who, uh, who went out the night before, who plays buddy ball, who's not passing right now, who's chasing a bonus or something. So and good. he would use it to his – and he got it. He got all of that. Uh, he still did it. You know, he could watch a guy warm up. Hey, he's not going – you know, his right knees, you know, he's probably not going to play tonight. Or this guy told him this or, you know, just – some aspect and and we we were actually playing albuquerque one one day and not a lot of people know this but dennis johnson and michael cooper of the lakers grew up together oh wow in california and so we're warming guys up and coop turns around he's like hey man dj get out of here get back in the locker room stop watching everything <laughs> and he because he knew exactly what he was doing uh -oh. DJ. but it, he taught me all of that all the ins and outs and you know, he was great with officials and, and great on a 24 hour basis of knowing his team and knowing the, you know, where his team was headed and, and the pulse of his team was mm -hmm. unbelievable. And as you, as if you talk to any of those former players of that team, he was really the heartbeat of that team. Yeah. I, I remember this BG that, and, I mean, this goes back. So I was a young agent getting started. And of course, when you're getting going like that, you're just, you're totally petrified to talk to just any coach. But then it's right. like, here I am. And I remember at one of the D-League showcases, and it may have been like when it was, gosh, Sioux Falls, it was always felt like it was one of those blistering cold. And he was in the hotel lobby and I wanted to go talk to him and I was scared out of my mind. And I went up and he could not have been nicer and more just relaxed and comfortable and actually got to... Every time I kind of talked to him, and, and I had a voicemail from him uh, that he had called about one of the, and I can't remember who the player was, but when, after he passed away, and I kept that voicemail forever, and it was just kind yeah. of like, and I, I just, it, it's it's an interesting. I was I was listening this past weekend to uh, the Bill Simmons podcast with I'm a huge Pearl Jam guy, and so they had Eddie Vedder and Jeff Hang oh, yeah. on, and so Simmons is, and they're they're talking about you know, the loudest they'd ever been in, in a concert. And Simmons brought up the the bird steal to the Johnson layup against the Pistons. And so, like, it kind of took me right back to that. And I started, again, thinking about DJ and, and, and oh, we're, we're going to do this this week. So I, 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 it's just an interesting thing of uh, on the path and on the journey. Um, and I wanted to be sure to kind of talk to you about him because he just was, to me, without ever really knowing, I mean, I got to know him some, but for you to get a chance to work with him and learn from him, it's just awesome to hear that stuff. Oh, it's, it's, and he, even going through the, my career now, um, uh, ML Carr, you know, still works a little bit with, um, w works in the NBA, obviously mm -hmm. Danny Ainge with the Celtics and, and, um, you know, Danny really, DJ really opened the store for the, the deal with Danny. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a quick story. I'm going to try to go fast just because it, that for me, this epitomizes DJ for me was I was his assistant and the Idaho Stampede was going into the D league and, and my owner, Bill Islet was really always hesitant on hiring me because I was still young and I was still portrayed as the intern and, and all these different things. And so we're going through the summer and it's the Vegas summer league. And DJ was like, Hey, listen, you just go do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to go. You know, you just, you can figure, you know, the player, the player personnel stuff out and he lived in barstow california which is you know basically two hours away and so i'm talking him through you know through this process of me trying to get the idaho job and i'm in vegas and he's in barstow and he said well is the owner there and i said yeah he gets here i actually interviewed him arm and he was like okay and he calls me like an hour later and says, hey, listen, get me a hotel room. I'm coming in. I just want to watch games for a couple of days. And I said, okay. So I get him a hotel room and and um, I'm walking around the next day and and I see DJ and my owner of the Idaho Stampede, Bill Islet, up in the stands in the little Cox gym mm -hmm. up in the corner just having a conversation. I was like, ah, oh, 
it must have, you know, just kind of in my mind, oh, they must have just ran into each other thinking and okay, whatever. And I didn't, I didn't see D- DJ for a while. Well, the day's starting to end and I called him and I said, hey, listen, just where are you at? Just trying to catch up with you. He's like, hey, B. Gates, I drove home. I just, I just decided to come home. I was like, well, that was weird. He just kind of came in. Well, I asked my owner about it. He said he got a hold of me when he was coming in, wanted to meet me, and then sat down and told me how foolish I would be not to hire you, how you were ready. He wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had the year we did without you, da, 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 da. Well, basically, Dennis Johnson, I told him I didn't know if I was going to get the job, drove to Vegas, talked to the owner, got back in his car and drove back. That's incredible. And I mean, it's friggin' Dennis Johnson. Like, as you just said, bird steals the ball passes to DJ. It's still that guy. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's, and that sums him up completely. Just, he was more, he was always worried about everybody else. Yeah. To the T. So, well, that's so good. And then of course, to, to jump, just to roll from that, you get the job and then your, your three, three years, three season stretch with Idaho, you got your coach of the year, two of the three years. You guys win the title. Uh, I think it was the 07, 08 season. Um, yeah. I mean, just uh, a, a, a great, uh, which just kind of obviously validates what what he said and, and, and all the experience you had into that. And then from there, then you get the springboard into now, which has been a, a, a great journey for you. It, it's an interesting thing with you that, you know, a, a lot of guys, you've kind of, you've, you've had the same click of three teams that you've worked with, right? Right. Sac yeah, and Minnesota, New Orleans, and back. Right. And like, just an interesting uh, journey through that. Just kind of, I know, in, in the last kind of few minutes here, before you have to, to, to hop off, just kind of talk about what that's been like in, in, in just as a, kind of an overall of those 11 years so far and, and just experiences from that. Um, well, it, it kind of goes back into what I was I can get off the tangents with the best of them, Danny, and I apologize. But when I was talking about going back from the Idaho, I mean, from the USBL to the CBA back and forth, you know, I think as coaches, you know, and and I've heard this from college, especially, you know, everybody's looking for their next job. And when you're, when you work in minor league sports, like you really have to work for your look for your next job because your contracts, there's a great chance. It's only a six month long gig. You know, just it is what it is. Um, and, and I mean, times have changed now, but if you're not a head coach of a D league team, you're, you know, you're where you live even is, is, is different. And I always wanted to make sure I was great in the role I was doing. And, you know, it kind of carried me to, to my job in, in, um, in Sacramento, my, fir- my first job is there Coach Westfall told me when he, he said, Hey, listen, I want to hire you. I just don't know how, I don't know what role you're going to be in yet. Um, he goes, I'm just going to tell you, you're not one of my first choices. If I can get who I want, there'll be room for you, but, but the role is going to be different. And he got exactly who he wanted. And so they came to me with, you know, it's, to be honest with you, it was, it was almost half the money I was making as a head coach in Boise. Wow. And, uh, I was newly married. My wife took, I met her in Austin. They let her work out of her home in Boise. She got, you know, a pay cut. So now here we are moving from Boise, Idaho to Sacramento, you know, taking another pay cut and, you know, just kind of going on it. I went, Hey, listen, you know, I, I think if I can do this, what they're asking me to do, you know, I, we're going to be fine, you know? And, and, um, you know, one of the things is I was, I was going back to my being an assistant in the, in the, in minor leagues, uh, there was a little bit of a do it all, you know, pl- you know, player development, a lot of video. Um, you know, at the time we only had one video coordinator, one guy in the video room and that was our video coordinator. And then, you know, from the NBA, I, you know, they handed me, I think 35 scouts I had, mm. And so it was a lot, I mean, and especially my first year and, um, it just worked out. Um, I mean, it was, it was a great first year. It was a one-year contract. We played Portland four times. Um, I actually think we played them in a preseason game and as coaching goes, you know, we would, you know, I, I would always go with the early group and I would, I'd run the guys through their, 
you know, again, going back, you know, the arena, you, you get there at four o'clock and you run the young guys through some stuff that probably aren't going to play. And, and that's what we did. And Monty Williams was doing the same thing. And um, then when he got the job in new Orleans, uh, you know, I visited with him and, and got, went there for five years and it was unbelievable. Yeah. And, um, and uh, our first year was Chris Paul, and David West. Um, we lost to the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs, uh, four games to two. Um, and then that, you know, they decided to hit the reset button, traded Chris, um, you know, David went to Indiana, our free agency. And, you know, the next year we hit the lottery and, and, and drafted a young kid named Anthony Davis <laughs> and, you know, kind of started over and was really proud of the job we did there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, went from, I think 27 wins to 35 to 45 you know, and clinching a playoff spot on the last day. And we lost the first year into, in, uh, to golden state, their first championship year. And was, we're great. I mean, we played really well. Um, you know, if you look at the, if you look at the record, we, we got swept in the first round, but you know, it was our first time in it, you know, it was Tyreek Evans's first year uh, in the playoffs. Um, obviously ADs and, 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 and we were great. And then, you know, in the NBA, it just happens you know, management wanted to go a different way with, with Monty and, mm-hmm. and, uh, that stuff happens. It happens all the time. So, um, I was kind of a man without a country for a little bit. And, and, uh, um, I, I had, I had taken a job with team Canada, you know, in 2015 sure. in the summer of 2015 and Andrew Wiggins was on our team and, and so was Anthony Bennett. And, um, so I, I was talking to, to Flip Saunders a lot just because of those two guys. And, and it just worked out where he was like, Hey Brian, you know, I, I, there's a spot on this staff. And so it was great. And, and then obviously coach, that coach had cancer at the time. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I was still with team Canada when, when he went, uh, when he slipped into the coma and, you know, we kind of, he never, obviously never came out of it. And, always had a relationship with Ryan, um, just through all the years. And so I went there and had, and, and we had a, we had a really enjoyable year. I mean, it, it was Carl Towns rookie year, obviously Carl and Zach Levine's second year. And, and, and we were great. I mean, it was very enjoyable. You know, the, the, the ownership wanted to go in a different direction and, and, and just, you know, Tom Thibodeau took over, which I, we kind of knew that was going to, it was probably going to be a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, one thing I really talked about is, you know, I've known Dave Yeager since basically day one of this process of me being in the NBA and we've kind of had the same path. And, um, so he gets a job in Sacramento. It was easy. So we went there and, you know, for three years, I, you know, again, DeMarcus cousins and then trade for DeMarcus and hit the reset button. And I thought we had it turned the right way again, Dave and management didn't see, we're on the same page with a couple issues and let him go last year. And it was, it was really easy to come with Ryan back here yeah. when he got it. I mean, it was, you know, I, we actually played them uh, right after the all-star break and Ryan was, uh, you know, was the interim coach. He's like, you know, we were talking, he's like, B Gates, if I can get this thing full time, I looked at him, I'm like, man, you're crazy. We got this thing wrote. We were 30 and 27 in Sacramento and, you know, running up and down the floor jacking threes and having a great time. And I was like, Rhino, you're crazy, man. I ain't, I'm not leaving Sacramento. You should see my house. I, you know, I don't want to shovel snow. I, I got a pool in my house in Sacramento. I'm not... And so, uh, um, but it happened. It, it, it just, it worked out for the best. And, and, uh, you know, in the NBA, if you think you, you have a pulse on things, you're crazy. Yeah. So it just, and so here I, here we are and back in Minnesota and, and again, I, you know, the, you know, I, I get this question a lot. Like, how did you get here? You know, you, um, you know, everybody, again, everybody has their different paths. And, um, I I've had a lot of people along the way help me, but a, a big reason is, you know, I, I might, I don't know if I'm the smartest dude in the world, but I want to work really hard. And I, I always want to be where I'm at is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to be that guy looking for the next job. Cause I, I think you, I, I know a lot of people that 
that's their path and it works for them. But I, I always don't know if they're getting everything that they can out of that. No, that's um, well said. You know, going, yeah, going back to the Beirut thing. Like I really wanted to challenge myself and see if I could do that. I just remember go, getting on that plane, not knowing who was going to pick me up from the, from the airport. But the one thing I had was my basketball knowledge and like, I'm going to go coach. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I want to do. And, you know, it, it settles us right down in this situation where we're in now. It's like, we have all this time to read books, watch film, spend time with our families, improve our craft, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think everybody should take this time. I mean, improve your craft, everybody, you know, I mean, I'm looking at Boston's two, three zone a lot and San Antonio shuffle, you know, just things like that, that, um, you know, with Tim Duncan and, and their shuffle, how they moved him around. Cause we have a dynamic player like that in Carl, mm-hmm. you know, improve your craft at the time, you know, just like probably what you're doing. I'm, you're going to take your podcast, see what you could take it to a next level, how your players are doing your relationship with your kids, yeah. you know, um, no, I love this time. I love yeah. all that. And that's one of the, and, and I know we'll wrap it up here. One of the things that we didn't get a chance to dive into, but what I think these broader themes you're talking about uh, parallels is, is, is you're one of the members of the junior NBA leadership council right. and, and a lot of the initiatives with their global youth programs. And, you know, that's really one of the things where I got active in this space is to push that. And I just love the, you know, you know, being great at the role you're doing and uh, where I'm at, it's where I'm at. Th- those, those themes are just, that's better than, hey, go work on your jump shot or go work on oh. your crossover handles. And just kind of the macro mentality to me is what can really help you as a player. And then also as a parent supporting the players or coach supporting your young players, right? There's no, yeah, there's no question. So Danny, you said, you know, I have, I have nine-year-old triplets and, um, you're supposed no, to like stay crazy. man to man, right? You're like, you're in junk deep. That's why you're watching the Boston well, yeah. two, three zone. Cause you got to zone up. Yeah, we, we, we can do it. We can, my family is the five of us. We can do it. Our Christmas card actually was, a, we, we were in a two, three zone, <laughs> one, one picture, but, um, so we, um, I, I'm, there's this app called, and I'm not giving it a plug cause I don't even know who owns it, but it's home court AI. And I, I you know, they're all over Instagram right now. And I think it's free right now during, during this time. And, so I downloaded and I got one of, one of the, th- one of my three is a big time, big time hoop guy. Like he, I mean, I'll be doing something and he'll be walking around and I try to I'm like, why do you have my phone? Well, he's on FaceTime with Carl. That's hilarious. Him and Carl are tight. <laughs> and him and Josh and Koji are joint at the hip. Him and De'Aaron Fox are really close, you so know? And good. it's just like, give me my phone, man. What are you doing? It's so good. And, but he, he, he's like, well, dad, what, we're going to do this. I'm like, yeah. He's like, we don't have a basket. And I was like, buddy, we don't need a basket to play. Like mm-hmm. the basket is very underrated and it's a dribbling thing and it's an agility thing. And it's a, you know, him and I will pass and do all these different things with some cones and, and um, you know, you, you don't need a basket to be a good basketball player. It's amazing to me, you know, it's, but it's, uh, and he's learning it at nine. So, so um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, there's, there's more to it. And, you know, the big thing that I'm, that I'm high on right now with, with the junior NBA and um, uh, I, I think they, they tried to take an, uh, uh, they're really trying to go, it's, it's her time to play. You know, I, I, um, I have two boys and a girl and the, when the boys play, they like, they like to play, but when she plays, it's a whole different level. Like she loves it. And she's, you know, she's still learning a lot. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, she's at nine years old. She still double dribbles a lot and I don't care. I'm like, honey, just play, yeah. just move around with the ball. And I, I think that that's a big part for, for me with is, is creating an atmosphere where she can play and where girls can play. I mean, uh, the best, the best player in the state of Minnesota. Um, I think, I think she got, she's a Gatorade player of the year. She's going to UConn. And, um, so I got to introduce her to, to Kendall and, and, um, I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's so valuable, it's so good. you know, right now with, with the junior NBA and, and they're on it, man. They're like, they got every resource. You want to play three on three. You want to play five on five. You want to have a, you know, the junior NBA championships in Orlando is like, there's some, 
you know, it's just not an AAU tournament, which is, and not killing AAU, but it's, it's, uh, you know, th- there's coaching going on and it's fantastic. Yeah, it the, really is. There's the, the, the pro and basketball club that I'm involved with there we're, we're partners with junior NBA. So I, I am yeah. well-versed with all their stuff. Yeah. Hey, uh, one, one final question. I know you got to bounce. G- give us all, uh, as part of the cat book club, what's the best book that's been recommended, uh, during y'all's session that we can all kind of roll our thumbs through because we still have some weeks of this to kind of roll through. Well, it, I'm, I'm late to the first one. I'm going to get back to you on that. Cause okay. I'm jumping on the second one. The, the, the second one's at three o'clock today. Okay. okay. And I, it's, it's his, it's his first one. And I, I did, I didn't jump on the first one. This is a big part and I, and coaches can understand this and I'm not dodging your question, Danny, but one of my bad things is, I struggle with that fine line. Hey man, this is just supposed to be a players only. Oh yeah. No, no. We have a, we have a breakfast club that I've just jumped on and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm the, I'm the only coach here. And then now being 47 years old, I'm like, they don't really want me here. That's so funny. I, I've been now because of my son and, and Carl's FaceTime extravaganza, I get to be in the second book club. So I'm going to get back to you. Look at that. I love that. Listen, yeah. BG, I um I greatly appreciate the time. No, thanks, Danny, and, and and this is great what you're doing for for coaches everywhere. And hey, I, I'd if uh, send me a note or something. I'd love to get on one of those Zoom calls with just totally levels of coaches of everywhere because well, we can all learn from everybody. Yeah, and you would you would make a lot of uh of coaches nights with that. That'd be a good time. So listen, um, stay safe. Keep uh keep the junk defense with the triplets going, and um <laughs> yeah. let's let's catch up soon, my friend. Okay, thanks, Danny. Right, thanks, Brian. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pro and Dialogue. I hope you enjoyed the visit with Coach Gates uh, from the Timberwolves. Uh, you can get Pro and Dialogue wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, Podbean. Uh, if you do not subscribe, I invite you to do so. Go back and especially now while we have the time, do a deep dive through some of the earlier episodes. And we've had some really, really good guests and uh, hopefully provide a little bit of a uh, escape from the current situations. So uh, thanks again for listening and look forward to catching up with you guys again soon.